This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 20th Sunday of the Church's year, the 19th of August. One of the most basic human instincts, after the instinct to preserve life itself, is for food and drink. We know only too well the consequences of eating and drinking what is harmful, and the dictum that we are what we eat has never been so well appreciated as in our own times of heightened consciousness about diet and bodily health. We, of course, are not just concerned with what is good for the body, but above all, what is good for our souls. Each and every time we're at Mass, we feed on and are fed by God himself. And this is possible because Jesus Christ has made it possible which is why we come week in and week out to be fed at the two tables of God's word and of his sacrament and sacrifice. Which brings us to the next part of our reflection on the Mass, the Eucharistic prayer. The Eucharistic prayer begins once again with those powerful words, the Lord be with you, because this next section of the Mass is the most profound and the most holy. We need the Lord to be with us because we are going to enter into the Lord's presence in a most unique way. The little dialogue that begins the Eucharistic prayer when we're asked to lift up our hearts is one of the most ancient texts found in the Mass. The priest asks, priest asks us to join with the angels and the saints in saying or singing a hymn which is found in the Bible in a number of different forms as we cry out, holy, 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 to the thrice holy God. We then kneel for the Eucharistic prayer itself. Now, kneeling is a sign of humility, adoration and worship. That's how we should think when we kneel down. We think, God, you are greater than I am. I am entering into something huge and holy. God is here and I'm giving him my adoration. At the beginning of the Eucharistic prayer, the priest calls down the Holy Spirit on the offerings of bread and wine. It's a moment called the Epiclesis, and it's signified by the priest extending his hands over the gifts. In one of the Eucharistic prayers, the second, the priest says, May the Holy Spirit come upon these gifts like the dew fall. That reminds us of the book of Exodus, when the people of Israel wandered through the desert. At night, a dew would fall on the ground, and in the morning, when the dew had dried up, what was left on the ground was manna, the bread from heaven. We know that in the Mass, Jesus is the true bread from heaven. We can also think at that moment of how the Holy Spirit descended upon Mary at the moment of the Annunciation, so that Jesus, the eternal word, could become flesh. Or maybe the action of the high priest in the Old Testament, stretching out his hands over the head of the he-goat, before it was driven out into the wilderness, symbolically carrying away the sins of the people. Now, it is Christ who takes our sins upon himself. In his supreme sacrifice on the cross, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. The priest who celebrates Mass is ever so conscious that at this point he is lending his hands and voice to Christ. The words of institution used by Jesus at the Last Supper 
form not only the central and the high point of the Mass, but we can say they are the most important words in the entire universe. This is my body, this is my blood. Since by these words, which the priest utters in the first person, God becomes present, the word becomes flesh in our midst. By these words, the bread and the wine give way in their substance to the substance of the body and blood of Christ, so that they're no longer bread and wine anymore, nor are they referred to as such. Without these words, without the Eucharistic presence, there would be no God with us, no real religion, nothing really worth living for. The reason I'm a priest is so that I can say those words every day. At that moment, then, the sacrifice of Calvary is confected. It's brought about. What we do at this point of the Mass, as the host and the chalice are elevated, is to look up at Jesus present there, offering himself to the Father for us. And we might say with the Apostle Thomas, and with all his faith, my Lord and my God. Or as his namesake, Thomas Aquinas, would say 13 centuries later, you are the King of glory, you are the eternal Son of the Father, and I adore you. What follows the consecration and the elevation is the offering of Jesus, our victim and our priest, to God the Father. We make an anamnesis, or we call to mind the passion, death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus, but not just abstractly, because remember in the Mass, we are making all those events present again. We aren't just going through a piece of holy theatre, but those events are present here again. We remember the dead at this point too, our beloved departed ones, the holy souls in purgatory. They're depending on the charity of our prayers by having the Mass offered for them, and in this way increasing our own participation in the sacrifice of Calvary. The saints are called to mind at this point too, the saint of the day, or in the Roman canon, all of the apostles and the first martyrs. And why wouldn't they be mentioned? Because if someone had saved your life, or they gave their life that you might be at Mass here today, then you'd never stop thanking them and wanting to say their name. The Eucharistic prayer concludes with the doxology, which is the summing up prayer, if you like, of what has taken place through him, with him and in him. Jesus, as the eternal priest, draws to himself all creation and offers it sacrificially to the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our great Amen at this point is an act of faith in what has unfolded before our eyes. It is a conscious and explicit act of faith in transubstantiation. Let us ask Mary, whose assumption into heaven we've just celebrated this week, to help us grow in faith, the faith of the Church, the faith of the Apostles, and a faith in the Mass, and the real presence of Jesus herein that has sustained the life of the Church ever since that moment of the Last Supper. Let us pray. O God, who have prepared for those who love you good things which no eye can see, fill our hearts, we pray, with the warmth of your love, so that, loving you in all things and above all things, we may attain your promises which surpass every human desire. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.